Chapter twenty three of Lift Luck on Southern Roads by Tickner Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Hey ho for the wind and the rain. Thanks to my early start from the parrot cottage, the morning was still young. It was barely eleven o'clock when I left Selborne and pushed on at a good pace designing to make what progress i could while the fair interval of weather lasted i had also another motive which with me counted easily first i knew selborne lay only six miles from the sussex border it is with the sussex man as with the scot he can be happy enough in other lands if sufficiently far away but bring him within measurable distance of his native down or heather and he is all eagerness to get them under his feet it was the instinct of the homing pigeon that awoke in me then and for the next few miles urged me onward the bright spell between the showers served to carry me through empshot over the main farnham and petersfield road and some way into the wild and lonely forest country beyond i got a lift in a farm wagon just clear of selborne and another in the pony trap of a coal porter farther on and i was in full enjoyment of a novel experience riding astride of an enormous beech trunk on a timber trolley with four steaming horses thunderously tramping on in single line before me when the black sky seemed to split asunder and let down a solid mass of water the woodman trudging on beside his leading horse took no heed of the downfall but for myself i was in no mind to sit there and drown i slipped off my perch to the ground and crowded into the shelter of the wayside trees that here grew thick and close i was to learn as it proved a great deal about rain before that day was over the roadside bank was sandy and hollow and overroofed by the spreading oak branches not a drop reached me where i stood i had nothing therefore to do but wait and study the thing before me the shower was short but never i verily believe had it rained before as it rained then everything in my view was blotted out by the descending cataract the sound of its falling was like the continuous roar of an angry sea the water fell black on the road before me springing up instantly a yard high in a milk-white mist of spray though the deluge could not reach me under the bank a stream of water began to flow round my feet so that i must dig out footholds in the sandy wall and partly by these partly by clinging on to the roots above i must lift myself as best i could out of the charging freshet and then as suddenly as it came the storm cloud drove by on the south-west wind the sunlight poured out of the heaven 
i took the road once more the only dry thing in the whole smiling ruddy wilderness i bethought me however as i went along that but for the kindly shelter of the bank i might have been as wet as the dripping foliage above me and i resolved to provide against another such chance about a mile farther on i came up with a solitary little inn with a stable-yard at its side at the gate of which stood the ostler a lean and melancholy white cocking lacklustre eye to the weather by this time it had fallen grey again and another shower seemed imminent i went up to this ostler full of an idea that now occurred to me do you think said i you could find me an old driving cape or anything that will keep out the water something that i can throw away when i get to the end of my journey he received this in blank astonishment and as he stared at me the rain came flooding down again come inside said he still looking at me as if i were the most amazing phenomenon in his experience i dunno an old cape did you say well now maybe as i could would an old topcoat serve ye anyways he produced the coat it was a coachman's coat in stout boxcloth and had once been of a rich chocolate brown but was now faded to a nondescript clay colour it had facings of buff and some of its big horn buttons still clung to it it fitted me and to spare i looked round the harness room now give me some of that old tarpaulin enough to make leggings with and a cover for the camera by the help of a knife and some string this was soon effected outside the rain was coming down not in temporary wrath as before but with a steady swing to it as though it had set in for the day i took another searching look round the room can i have that it was an ancient stiff felt hat round-topped and with ample brim the very thing to ward off the elements i pocketed my cap and set off through the rain a couple of shillings poorer in purse but richer by an equipment that saving thunderbolts was proof against all malignancies of weather one among the most illustrious of our fiction mongers has given us a phrase that deserves if it may not achieve immortality having plunged his characters over head and ears in a slough of disaster he gives the problem up and standing aside inveighs against the perfidy of circumstance that things work together for good or ill apart from human volition must be more than suspected by any careful student of life and i was now to find in myself an apt confirmation of this when i first set out on my roving excursion through the five counties nothing had been farther from my thoughts than to attempt any disguises but circumstances 
whether perfidious or benevolent had now led me into this very thing without any preconcerted design of my own there i was trudging along the king's highway as seedy and dilapidated a tramp as might be found in the kingdom from looking the part to acting it was not i found so great a step as it appeared i had hardly covered another mile before i felt the slouching gait and the hangdog look of the peripatetic casual breaking out all over me by the time i got to rake which stands on the sussex border the rain had put the finishing touch to my disguise and i set foot on my native soil at last waterlogged and mud bespattered a happy and frankly irredeemable vagabond in this picturesque array of mind and body i wandered on for the rest of the day caring nothing for the rain caring only that the ground beneath my feet was good sussex ground and that every step now brought me nearer and nearer to that green downland heart of it where lay my own roof-tree and home the fierce gusty spell of weather was over a thick white fog had come up on the dropping breeze and through this there fell a constant drizzle that neither increased nor abated but steadily did its worst until the night and yet every mile i covered under these unhelpful conditions was full of a real traveller's joy the old coat and the tarpaulin leggings and that precious hat whose willowy brim shot the water off a good three inches on either side kept me perfectly dry the woods and hedgerows about me rang with the happy songs of birds rejoicing in the new warmth that had transformed the whole countryside i could see nothing of the landscape for the enveloping mist but i knew my own homeland lay about me and in fancy i surrounded the way with the richest and most inspiring scenery and bethought me all the time of the hidden sun above i got no more lifts that day no one offers to lift the professional tramp and i found my garb so effective that not only did the ordinary traffic of the road pass me by without a look but the very labourers i met withheld their common greetings in the villages i encountered the same almost surly ostracism everywhere people turned away from their doors as i passed in the tap-room of the inn where i lunched the landlord kept possession of the pot of ale and bread and cheese which i had ordered until the money for them was safely in his hand in one place a constable maintained me severely under his eye following me at a distance until i had slouched my way out of his jurisdiction all through that rainy misshrouded afternoon i spoke with only two human creatures the first was a ragged hulking fellow whom i overtook on the road and who insisted on bearing me company 
but i found his conversation so foul and his general outlook on life so malodorous that i soon gave him a decisive good day and forged on ahead the only other fellow-creature with whom i held parley was a road-mender i came upon him towards late afternoon in a little hamlet called elstead lying though i never suspected it then in the enveloping mist close under the first bluff escarpment of the sussex downs he was a serene old man with bow legs and mild blue eyes and he seemed to have the village to himself save that from the little schoolhouse hard by there came the low tumult of children's voices i stopped really to listen to this pleasant rivulet of sound stemming out upon the dismal twilight but the old man mistook the action he gave over scraping in the gutter and looked cheerfully my way travellin be ye said he with a pleasant nod in his voice there was a kind hearty ring that strangely affected me it was the first genial word and look i had received for many a long hour i drew a little nearer yes i've come a long way and it's hard going in the rain have you seen many of my sort passing through to-day he thought a little his chin on the handle of his hoe no said he at length plenty of other sorts but nane o' your sort what sort do you take me to be then he hesitated and i could see he was casting about for a gentle way to put it ah he said presently chopping away at the weeds again trouble comes and comes to high and low i ha seed it and i knows jedge not and ye won't be jedged that's what i allers says this somehow nettled me i was willing to pass as an out-and-out incorrigible tramp but to be taken for a broken-down gentleman had in it a mysterious quality of offence i wondered whether it would have hurt me at all or hurt me more if my case had been as he suspected where does that road lead to i asked him he shook the water from his hat that there that goes by steadham on the middest twill be your road i reckon why my road i could see he was in a difficulty again well now they others they mostly ask for that way for midhurst ay he stopped and then surprised me by flushing red to his hat-brim midhurst you know the the labourin house no offence mister i do hope that i do we were both in the same confusion now no said i i'm not thinking of going there to-night i hate towns where does that other road take you to that'n through bepton to cocken purty nigh four mile tis but ye're a smartish bit wet already mister bain't ye 
i told him i was dry enough underneath whereupon by no means misunderstanding me he nevertheless went to his basket that was tucked under the ivy of the school wall and drew forth a tin bottle tis home brewed he said and ye are very welcome water ye've had to-day and to spare so a change o liquor won't harm ye i drank gratefully to the fine sensitive-souled old man devoutly hoping that there were many more like him in the land and as i drank there came from the schoolhouse behind me a flood of what seemed then the most exquisite music all the children were singing together an evening hymn now the day is over night is drawing nigh shadows of the evening steal across the sky at the sound of it the old road scraper began to gather up his tools hark ye he said smiling i lose that's about the last touch school'll be up in a minute and i'll be getting home along he walked with me to the corner here as i was turning away he put a fatherly hand on my sleeve see now said he i don't rightly know how tis we ye but come night-time if ye turns in to sleep anywheres in a barn or the like mind well as ye ask leave o the farmer first else there might be trouble for ye they're terrible sharp hereabouts but i was in no mood for that kind of adventure already the darkness was looming up behind me and the rain as inexorable as ever by the time i reached cocking i was heartily sick and tired of vagabondage just clear of the village i took off coat and hat and leggings and rolling them up together threw them over the nearest gate ten minutes later i was toasting my wet boots before a cottage fire listening all at once to the sizzle of a point steak in a frying pan the talk of a ninety-year-old grandfather and the prattle of a child who had climbed upon my knee my luck was in again End of chapter 23